You are listening to the Gospel Project for Adults Weekly Leader Training. Welcome to this week's episode of the Gospel Project for Adults Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This is Daniel Davis. This week we are looking at Unit 18, Session 2, titled An Interceding Cupbearer. The books of Daniel, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther all contain stories of God's people in exile. After generations had neglected God and His instructions in the law, the Lord did exactly what He said He would do in the law, replace the blessings of His covenant with curses through exile in Babylon. But after the Persian Empire took control, the possibility of going home became a reality. King Cyrus's decree opened that door with the specific aim that the Lord's temple be rebuilt, which was finally completed after a couple of decades on account of opposition and apathy. Though allowed to return to their ancestral home in Judah and Jerusalem, the heroes of the exile found themselves in a state of flux. Could they be forgiven of their sin? Was God still with them? In each of these books of the Bible, God's answer to these questions was clear. Yes. Despite the people's sin and rebellion and punishment, the Lord's covenant was as faithful as ever because God's faithful love endures forever. His chosen people of Israel never ceased being His chosen people. But that status could never be a blank check for rebellion or a get-out-of-jail-free card to avoid the consequences of sin. So with the introduction of Nehemiah as a key figure in Israel's history after the exile, we see the emotional toll that can come with the fallout of sin and the Lord's discipline. But we can also see the faith in God's character and word that sustains His people for life and ministry. In point one, we look at a prayer in Nehemiah's, which teaches us that success in the Lord's mission is based on His lasting promises. After the scripture passage is read, use the explanation on the doctrine prayer and providence to help your group consider the meaning and implications of prayer. This is found on leader page 118 and page 102 in the Daily Discipleship Guide. Note that Nehemiah asked the Lord to remember what he had commanded Moses in the law, specifically the promises of exile for unfaithfulness and of return for renewed faithfulness. Nehemiah was praying in light of God's word, that the Lord would act upon his word. Since the Jews had been renewed and redeemed, Nehemiah asked the Lord for favor with the Persian king so that he could help with the protection of his people in keeping with the promises of God. The question following the doctrine explanation will help your group wrestle with the ways they pray individually. And calling attention to the Voices from Church History quote by D.L. Moody in the sidebar will help direct your group members to aim for prayers that bring glory to God through Jesus as we obey the Lord in faith. It might also be helpful for your group to highlight the final verse of the passage, emphasizing that by the providence of God, similar to Esther, Nehemiah was in a position to have the ear of the king as his cupbearer. But make the point that we don't have to have positions of influence with the powerful to make a difference. In verse 11, Nehemiah recognized that the king was still only a man. The Lord undoubtedly calls some to steward powerful positions. Yet he calls all believers to be faithful in their families, churches, neighborhoods, and jobs to speak and act for the glory of Jesus Christ. In point two, we see the Lord's answer to Nehemiah's prayer in chapter one. And we see that success in the Lord's mission is based on his abundant provision. 
Even though Nehemiah prayed in chapter 1, he wasn't done praying, as chapter 2 verse 4 indicates. When pressed by the king for the reason for his obvious sadness, and fearing how the king might respond, Nehemiah offered up a quick prayer to the Lord, no doubt again asking the Lord to grant him compassion in the presence of the king. And then he launched into his explanation. Not only did the king have compassion on Nehemiah, he responded with abundant provision to supply Nehemiah for the work of protection he was going to Judah to accomplish. Again, we see evidence of the truth of Proverbs 21.1, that the Lord directs a king's heart wherever he chooses. Nehemiah prayed, trusted the Lord, and stepped out in faith. And the Lord responded by shaping Nehemiah's circumstances so he could ask and receive from his king his leave to go and all the help he needed for the journey and destination. In the passage for point three, Nehemiah has arrived in Jerusalem. And from his faith-filled actions and words, we learn that success in the Lord's mission is based on his unstoppable power. The antagonists in this passage, Sambalat and Tobiah, were mentioned in the previous passage in chapter 2, verse 10, saying that they were displeased that Nehemiah had come to pursue the prosperity of the Israelites. So after Nehemiah rallied the people to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem for their protection and reputation, and ultimately for the reputation and glory of the God of Israel, their enemies sought to oppose them. At first, they used ridicule and made this a political issue, accusing them of rebelling against the Persian king. Later, they would threaten physical violence. But Nehemiah had already seen and testified to the king's approval of the work because of the all-powerful influence of the gracious hand of God. And even if Sambalat and Tobiah questioned the king's involvement, Nehemiah and the people resolved to continue the work of rebuilding the wall because the all-powerful God of the heavens was on their side. Nehemiah brought the people of Israel together to rebuild the walls around Jerusalem so that the city might be protected from their enemies. This would help with their safety, but also with their reputation. No longer would they be a disgrace in the eyes of the surrounding peoples. And this, of course, would impact the way people understood the God of the Israelites. But that protection and boon to their reputation were not permanent. One day, the city of Jerusalem would fall again. Nehemiah's work was timely and purposeful, a mission from the Lord. But only through Jesus' death and resurrection has God made a way for his people to be protected from the enemies of sin and death without end. We can't dismiss the real-time and real-world benefits of a protected space on earth. But neither should we overplay its significance. Ultimate protection comes from the all-powerful God who cares for his people guides them in his ways, and leads them home to eternal protection with him in the heavens forever. Because we Christians are protected and secure in Christ through faith in him, we join with other believers to complete the kingdom work God has given us, both in the church and in the world. The gracious hand of God is upon us to love our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ for their edification, and also to share the love of God in Christ with the world, so they may have and equal share with us in the eternal blessings of God in heaven. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.